Hi there, and welcome to JK We're Rolling, an actual play podcast about three young wizards who attend the most prestigious wizarding school in all of Germany. My name is Michael Moore, and I'm the magician master of this podcast. And what that means is I'm the game master of our game that we're playing. The rule system that we use is called the Magical Hat System. I wrote it just like I wrote this adventure that we're on, just like I wrote a check that I can't cash when I invited these three amazing players, my friends, to join this game and give it life. And who are those people writing those checks that I can't cash? Well, let's meet them now. Hello, everyone. My name is Nadine Kuhn, and I play Sassley Mary Nature Spring. Sassley is a pixie elf with wings that don't fly, but she's determined to make that happen. Right now, it looks pretty good for her because the other players, the other characters, they are right now in a busy situation, I would say. So let's go with making the wings fly. <laughs> Set yourself some goals. That's a way to put it. Uh, hi there. I am Sebastian Kinder, and I play Eric Miller, a musician magician with a troubled past. It's not just this past that is troubled in the moment. Uh, <laughs> presence is as well. I hate a certain teacher. Which one? Who? who is you, you you don't know who. <laughs> it, no, yeah, no, no, no one. I, I don't say a thing. I find Ross Ehrenmann questionable when we'd never had class with him yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's me. Um, Michael, I need I need an emotion, Michael, because I'm an actor. You need an emotion? Okay, yeah. the, the the emotion is powerful. Powerful. Hi guys, this is me, Lucas Fischer. <laughs> that is well, you know, oh, it's, it's terrifying. It, it, it sounded like repressed power. <laughs> your talent lies in your choice. Anyway, hi guys, it's me, Lucas Fischer. And I play Jasper Casper, who is, of course, a human wizard from the non-magical world. And all that Jasper wants is... <laughs> Try and find a place to belong. There it is, the power. Ah, the power. <laughs> the power to please help him. <laughs> Perfect. So, folks, we always start off our episodes before we get into the nitty gritty and the real deal. We start off with a little bit of fun, just to just to kind of slide into it and to learn a little bit more about our characters. So now I will ask our three players to get into character become Sassley, Jasper, and Eric, and I will ask them some rapid-fire questions uh, to, yes, uncover whatever may may be there <laughs> hidden within the depths of these people. So let's begin this, I believe, our fourth session of rapid-fire realness. <laughs> so who's up first? That would be me, Sassley. All right, Sassley, are you ready for your rapid-fire questions? Bring it on. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are rats cute? I don't understand the question. Are rats cute? I don't understand the question. <laughs> Do you think that the animals' rats are cute? <laughs> well, actually, they're pretty useful in the Pixie Shire, and I wonder if I say too much and if I would hurt feelings of Bumper if I say anything about it, so I I pass this question. Bumper is a rasselbach, not a rat. Ratten, Nadine. Oh, rat, I mean rabbit. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I know, are rabbits cute? Is that, is that because I was breaking up, or... I say yes, because you were breaking up. 
Yes. But I wonder if it wasn't the case. <laughs> Sassley. Yeah. Do you know how to salsa dance? To salsa dance. Well, I guess if I guess if I'm in the rhythm, I can make my hips move like this. We'll count that as a maybe. Yeah. So, what do you think the acronym SCUBA stands for? S C U B A. Super crazy universal bear attention. Here are the crystal bear points. Excellent. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at? Wiffle ball. Eleven. Wiffle ball is like baseball, but you play with like a ball that has holes in it, so it catches air. Twelve. <laughs> Sassley, do you believe in love at first sight? I don't understand the question. <laughs> I think that's her actual answer. <laughs> okay, who's up next? I think that would be me. All right, Eric, are you ready for your rapid fire questions? I suppose I'm as ready as I can be. Eric, what's your ideal outside temperature? Ooh, ideal outside temperature. Celsius or the other craziest thing from the other side? <laughs> Whichever one you're more comfortable with. Really, All the right. other thing. Uh, <laughs> 23 Celsius. Oh, that's a, that's a good Celsius. I can promise you, my American friends. <laughs> um, that would be 73 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> I didn't have to look it up. I knew it. Okay, <laughs> next question. Eric, have you ever slapped someone in the face? I'm most certain that I have. I know that you did definitely punch that bug Einheitsherren in the face, so we, we can count that as a yes. Yeah. It better not be Lila or Ruslan is coming for you. Mm -hmm. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> What's your favorite type of muffin? Ooh, ooh that's, that's dangerous. I, I think with chocolate and bananas. Nice. Giving presents or getting presents? Giving. Make a high-pitched sound. Did you hear that? Oh, God, it was so high that we couldn't hear it. My dog is going bonkers over here. <laughs> dog sound right there. <laughs> right <Thank> there. <laughs> All right, Jasper, you're up. Are you ready? Yes. Jasper, from 1 to 10, how hot do you like your shower water? Oh, definitely 10. That's... But that's really hot. Not that's extremely hot. hot. Let's Scalding. boil him. Yes, burn the badness away. The less skin, the less I have to clean. <laughs> Do you like the smell of gasoline? Oh, yes, but you shouldn't drink it. It's just like coffee. I mean, I like to smell it, but I shouldn't drink it. <laughs> I like that implies that you did try once. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> can you touch your toes without bending your knees? Um, only once. <laughs> and never again. <laughs> Do you know the definition of chiscadecophobia? Oh, yeah, of course. It's when you're scared of people who are working on your roof. That's what it sounds like. Have you ever tasted soap? Only at a petrol station once. That's where one day Jasper's parents spent his birthday with him. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Buddy, do whatever you like. <laughs> oh, he drank the petrol, wash his mouth out with soap. He needs something to cover the taste of the soap. Give him some coffee. <laughs> uh, do you currently own any stuffed animals? And what are they? Um, just the stuffed panda bear. And what's its name? Oh. Bear. You're like a snake. It's called it's called Wilbur. Like, what did you do to Wilbur? Wilbur, oh. you're alive. Mixing up different podcasts. I'm sorry. 
Next time on True Crime, we see me. <laughs> <laughs> so the panda bear's name is Panda Bear. Yeah. Got it. Love it. But you can give him a nickname. <laughs> you can call him Panda B. You know, Wilbur's middle name is Grass Snake. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about you? So creative. <laughs> You're welcome. Wilbur Grass Snake. Casper. The third. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, we are about to enter back into the world of Neutrachenberg and what an adventure our heroes had on our last episode. They were wheeling and dealing, striking up bargains left and right, uh, except for Sassley, who went right back to bed. And where this is going to lead us, I can't wait to find out as much as anybody else. I'm sure even our players are waiting with bated breath to find out where this will all lead. There is a tournament, after all, coming up in the distance, and it's more important than ever that our heroes get access to the crystal before our villains. And I can't wait to find out what's going to happen next. So, without much further ado, let's begin this next episode of JK, We Are Rolling. Last time on JK, We Are Rolling... Newton here. Uh, sometimes people say I sound too much like my mom, but I think we sound totally different. Just my opinion. Anyway, last time, Sassley and Jasper found themselves facing Knecht Ruprecht in their dreams. With Sassley, Knecht mostly stuck to threatening her to get the heck out of the castle before he had to come with an army and remove the shieldless by force. He did hint that Sassley might be able to take Dante's place if she would change allegiance, but mostly it was scary, harmful dream magic. Right before it got too dangerous for Sassley, something jetted Knecht right out of the dream, and he was pushed out of Neutrachenberg. At the same time, in Jasper's dreams, Knecht took a more friendly tone, and he wanted to reason with the young wizard. Uh, he asked Jasper to take him to uh, this dark place with the voice, where Jasper had just been in his dreams. He said if Jasper did this, it would stop a lot of violence. Jasper agreed, but only if Knecht and his followers would leave the Shieldless alone. The two struck a deal, uh, neither group will attack the other, and the first group to break the truce will suffer the hard consequences of having either Jasper or Knecht lose all sense of self, purpose, and memory. The deal was made, and Jasper took Knecht to that dark place with the voice. But it was a trick. Knecht used his dream-walking magic to allow his physical self into that dark prison and break it. The voice was revealed to be Scavius Macrevius, who was dragged away by a gleeful Knecht, uh, who used a last bit of magic to send Jasper back to sleep. Again at the same time, but far off, in the hedge maze of Neutrachenberg, Loris Fulivre, the Einheitseren agent, had bound Eric's face and body. He also proposed a deal, that Eric would never reveal or hint at Professor Fulivre's identity, and in return, he would not send Leela and her friends to the Shadow Realm. He sealed the deal with magic, making sure that Eric would be greatly weakened if Leela and company went missing. Well, Eric accepted the deal, but not before leaving a hidden message for someone to find, naming Loris as a danger, and saying to go to Ross Aaronman. Uh, just before the two parted ways, Loris revealed that he had also taken the seed called Holda's Blessing from Eric, making him one step closer to unlocking the altar 
in the shieldless common room. Well, yikes, y'all. So, there you are. We pick up with Eric. Eric, you are in the hedge maze of Neujachenberg, off to the side of the main castle, and Loris Fulivre has just left you. He showed you that he had taken Holda's blessing, this seed, and he walked off in the other direction so that he can loop back around, secretly around the back of the castle, back to the bear shield quarters. You are in the middle of the hedge maze, but judging in the direction that Loris went, you know if you basically head in the opposite direction, you will eventually get back to the to the front of the castle. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I think I should head back to the castle. All right. <laughs> grumble, grumble, mumble. Grumble, grumble, grumble. So, Eric, you make your way out through the hedge maze in the opposite direction of Loris. You probably don't even want to see him right now anyway. You're just, I just nope. grumble, grumble, grumble. Um, yeah. But the professor, he just seems so friendly. He gave me a rubber duck. going to burn that rubber duck. Most likely. Yeah, I, I was thinking about burning <laughs> that ducky. <laughs> <laughs> that might count as a hint, so maybe not. <laughs> maybe you should hug it extra hard. Dang it. So you make your way out through the hedge <laughs> maze. You make maybe a couple wrong turns, but in general, uh, eventually you see the castle looming in the distance so you know the direction you need to go and you come out you see Peggy Sheffin's you know her her shack you don't know if she sleeps there but you see the stables and her classroom area off to the side but it's far too early in the morning still it's about 5 a.m. Uh, so nobody's out there right now and really nobody's supposed to be out <laughs> right now given that shadow creatures are kind of walking into the castle grounds, but you are able to sneak back relatively easily and quickly into the castle. Most of the students wouldn't be going that way anyway. All of their quarters are in separate buildings behind the castle. You are the special ones who get to sleep inside the castle. Yay, we are special. <laughs> and you enter the castle and you and you make your way back around to your familiar quarters. As you enter the room again, which you had left unlocked. And to be clear, the enchantment with the yellow touchstone does still work. So normally you will only be able to enter if Jasper is with you, but uh, you left it, I'm assuming, open and unlocked for yourself to be able to re-enter later. Given that I was not entirely there, it would be logical to say the door was left open. You left in a half trance, so yeah. you, you wouldn't have been thinking I lock it behind me. So you come back, the door is slightly ajar, but uh, everybody seems to be fine and unmoved. You find your friends with no dark present hanging over them, gently sleeping in their beds. Hmm. Hooray. It's, it's, it's very early in the morning, still some time to get some sleep, or... Yes, if you think you can sleep, you can try to go back to sleep if, if you want. I would most certainly try. To get a full night's rest, I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> at least from, from a game point of, of view. And if you try to rest in this time period, at least you will get the benefits of a full uh, rest. Mm -hmm. Do me a favor and just roll a straight up regular luck roll to see if you can actually get to sleep. Sure. So sounds about fair. You you lay down after this intense experience, 
on your uh, bed mattress that you had pulled out into the middle room with your friends and you stare up at the ceiling, body tense, and does sleep come to you? Jasper's hand slapping in his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. That helped. Not. I rolled a nine. I suppose I won't sleep. You do not get to sleep. You are sorry. Thinking about all the decisions that you made, all of the powerful magic that you had to overcome just to even make this happen for yourself. You had to play the violin. You didn't wake your friends. You had to have so many bursts of magic. You found the person behind everything. And this all culminated in this super intense meeting where essentially Loris Fulivre trapped you and put you in an impossible situation. Uh, this haunts you, but you lay there and you are able to at least rest your body and get the benefits of a full night's sleep, mm. which all of you do get now. Uh, so if you have spent any influence points, if you have lost any kind of health, healing spells, whatever it is, you get it all back now. You are fully healed after that very long day. <laughs> the morning hits, and I will say that none of you slept perfectly amazingly. <laughs> so you all wake up with the bells of Neujachenberg telling you that it is almost time for the day to begin and you need to get ready. <sighs> five more minutes, guys. Five more minutes, please. Forget about five Ooh. more minutes. Oh, what a night, what a night. <laughs> oh, my back is really in pain. Guys, any weird dreams? <laughs> Anything happened? Hmm? Anyone? No, nothing. Stop these questions. Everything is fine. Did you not have a weird dream? <laughs> Knecht came to me in my dream. He came again in my dream. Did he not come to you guys? Oh, actually, I didn't want to talk about it, but yes, he did. Oh, I thought I was special. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is just slightly raising a hand, rubbing his temple as he listens to that. So, guys, um, maybe if we have some free time today, we should go to the library. And um, see if we can um, better ourselves in diplomatic skills. I don't understand. What did he say to you in your dream? I don't understand. Well, something unfortunate happened. You know, I, I had this dream that I had before, you know, like falling falling down. And then I was in this black room. But, but the first time when I was there last night, I wasn't alone. There was someone else. And I think it's... Skevious McCrevious that I found. Did he say it's him? Did he say it's him? Well, he, he didn't actually say, but then later I found Knecht, and Knecht talked to him, and he said it's Skevious McCrevious. You followed him? You followed Knecht to Skevious? That's so well, smart, Jasper. You got him. Now we know. Now And you see Jasper slowly raising his uh, fingertip. Yes, Jasper. Um, Guys, I maybe have done something not so clever. Like what? Like, um, you know, I was talking to Knecht uh -huh. and he was in a little, it was a hut, right? Yeah, it was like a cabin. If I would describe it on my own, it was like a cabin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, a cabin in the woods. But to my defense, he made some really good hot chocolate. Anyway. He made your hot chocolate? Well, he really, he really tries to lure us in, huh? He really tries it with all he can. 
He's sneaky, man, but I saw right through him. I tell you, I told him off and leave right now. So I thought too, but I didn't. Um, anyway, so I talked to him and then he wanted me to go to this room where Skivius McCreevis might be. And then I said, well, maybe we can have an agreement, but the agreement doesn't seem to be the best that I could have done. What kind of agreement? Yeah, Jasper, what kind of agreement? <laughs> And you see some, some sweat pearls run, running down his forehead. <laughs> well, Knecht and I, we agreed on a truce. Okay. Okay. Meaning I'm not allowed to attack him or we are not allowed to attack him or any other of his, you know, allies. But he is not allowed to attack us. Well, he can't forbid anything. He cannot say you are not allowed. He cannot do anything to me. He cannot tell me that I cannot attack him. He will see. He will feel my plus one. Um, um, and you see <laughs> Jasper's finger again. <laughs> What, Jasper? And, 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 and Eric is actually like trying to raise his hands like... Wait a moment, Cecily. I think he's not finished. Okay, Eric, go on, Jasper. How can he make me stop attacking anyone? And Jasper is backing <laughs> up a bit whilst talking to them. <laughs> Especially uh, Cecily. <laughs> you know, you remember when we went to the this rabbit hole on the first day with Peggy Sheffin? Yes. And we went through the maze and then we uh, found... Uh, What was it? Charles LeMay? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, and we did this, you know, magical agreement uh -huh. or deal that Cecily wasn't allowed to break. Otherwise, she would, he could harm her in any way, like turning her into a bunny. Or no, not, you know. Uh -huh. You know. Uh -huh. Eric takes a very deep breath. <laughs> Cecily looks at Eric. She looks at Jasper. Yeah, I remember that. Go on. What is that past talk? And we did the same with Knecht. What? We? You did what? She, she looks at Eric. May I now? May I now? May I now? Just go and punch him with my plus one. You did what? Do, 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 do. Just keep calm, Cecily. Please. Explain yourself, Jasper. Cecily sits down. I'm waiting for your very smart <laughs> idea that you had with us. You know, Jasper is now um, <laughs> <laughs> holding his pillow. Um, what? I agreed with him that neither of us would attack the other one's company if there were any encounters. That's the one side. What is what happens if you or we do that? What happens to you? Nothing special. I mean, it's just so that I forget everything. I can live with that. All right, then let's keep on going with our plan. I stop, 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 stop. You... You forget everything? Well, I wanted him to forget everything if he would ever attack us again. You know, that he would he would forget his purpose or what his goal was in this whole, you know, thing with the Shadow Realm. And that maybe if he would ever attack us, that we could kind of fight him from the inside. Because then he would lose whatever he was fighting for. But yeah, it may it may have backfired. I... I wonder what you got out of this deal, because I think you wouldn't have done it if there was not anything that was like up for discussing. So you were probably like, I want this. And then you guys made a deal, right? I mean, right? Yeah, the way you say it, it sounds better. And there was a talk about something, <laughs> right? You just don't go and say, you're like, hey, I can't, I want to make a deal, right? 
Well, he promised me that he promised me that he wanted to do things better, and I wrote really good on investigation. <laughs> you wrote investigation. What does that mean, Jasper? <laughs> so yeah, overall, um, Jasper is trying to explain what happened in the whole stream. Okay. You explain everything and you also tell them, I, I assume, about more specifically about your journey then to this uh, dark prison where Skevius Macrivius was and that Connect uh, destroyed that prison and he dragged off Skevius Macrivius before you could do anything and then ended the dream. She listens to all of that and then he destroyed <laughs> the prison. I have a really big headache. Sorry, guys. So what what I'm getting from that is if we is it physically attack? Yes? If they attack us or we them? The phrasing was raise a hand against. Oh, so maybe not even ask questions. <laughs> the intention here is what matters. So Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be anything to to physically harm, magically harm. You get into kind of a gray area if you're like holding them in place physically, maybe something in the middle coming dangerously close. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I think anything that also might do psychological damage, you know, damage is damage. But guys, don't worry. Failures are chances to grow. And I have something very important that I've learned. Leslie gets up. Uh huh. She punches him on his arm. He's like, <laughs> I hope you grow from that. And then she she goes to Eric. She looks at both of them. She tells her story, what she experienced with Knecht in her dream. And then she mm -hmm. she holds Eric's shoulders and she says, And about your dream, Eric, I really can't handle anything more today. So we need to talk about that another time. Is that okay for you? That's more than fine for me because I didn't have a dream. Thank God. <laughs> Okay, she, then she turns around and she's like, I'm going to brush my teeth. Um, just, just one question. We still have the touchstone to contact Izetve, don't we? Yes. Is it in my pocket or is it in the messenger bag? <laughs> I like your turning pages, Nadine. Um, it, it, no, Jasper has it. Jasper has it. It's the, yellow, it's the yellow touchstone. The same one that lets you into your common room is the same one that you can call Izetve with. Oh, that's the radio. Good. Yeah. is like... No worries, Eric. No worries. We have the touchstone. We have the purple crystal. We have Holder's blessing. We have everything. So no worries. We got it under control. And she turns to brush her teeth. Oh, real quick before you continue, uh, Sebastian, roll bookishness. A 14. Uh, Sassley, roll investigation. A 1. <laughs> Sassley's really fed up. Yeah, cool. <laughs> she really wants to brush these teeth. We got it all under control. I really need to brush my teeth. That was a rough night, everyone. Yeah, and I need to brush Wilbur's teeth. This matter of fact that I can't talk talk about it to them. That's yes, yeah, that's in a good mood to talk to her about it right now. Are you are you saying this out loud? <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's me in the moment because you know you can see Jasper looking at Eric. Cecily. Hmm. He's, he has difficulties to talk about things. Maybe finally it's about Leela. <laughs> if you think that you're investigating uh, Eric right now, because he's weird, you can roll investigation. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you. Bookishness? Yes. 15 plus 1. Okay, 15 plus 1. That's better than my 14. What does Jasper notice, Eric? 
that his fly is open. Ah, Eric. <laughs> no, he he is. I, I mean, you know that. Uh, out of the three, he's mostly the one that tries to be the calmest mm -hmm. and tries to think about everything, mm -hmm. but that's somehow still a little bit relaxed. In the moment, he is pretty tense. Especially, as Cecily mentioned, that we still have everything, especially uh, the blessing. So, Jasper, you notice this kind of tension in Eric. You can take from that what you will. Nothing too specific there, obviously, to gain, but you, you do notice that. Well, Jasper wants to brush his teeth as well, so he <laughs> gets, up to, <laughs> gets up to Cecily. Uh, ja Jasper, before, before you go, uh, could you give me the touchstone, please? The yellow one? Yeah, I would like to try to contact his advert. Yeah, there you go. Hands it to him. Thank you very much. Cecily, Cecily. I'm not talking to you right now. <laughs> no, we forget about what happened in the dream. Did you, did you look at Eric this morning? Go on. I'm not talking to you, but go on. <laughs> he looks a bit, you know, maybe worried. Indeed, he doesn't seem to be himself. Maybe, maybe something happened. Cecily looks around the corner and looks at Eric. I feel like he looks fine. <laughs> I don't know. Something weird was about him, especially when you mentioned the blessing. You think he lost it? I don't know. But it was weird. But maybe he's just, you know, because of all things that are happening, you know, asking out Leela for a date, then the thing that we need to be the bear shielders. Uh, what is he doing right now? Why is he having the yellow touchstone? No, he asked for it and I gave it to him. Did you ask why? I think he wants to call his app. Why? I don't know. Should we ask him? You didn't ask him? No. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to, to Eric. What are you uh, doing with the yellow touchstone? Yeah, I would like to contact Izetva. I think there was the way to do that. You just have to say the words MacGuffin Sunbum and trace the sigil of the salamander on the stone with your wand. I will do exactly that. Okay. MacGuffin Sunbum. Is that the... Takes a couple seconds. Ooh, uh, oh, good, good morning. Good morning. Who's, who's that? Eric? Eric? Uh, good morning. It's me, Eric. Hey. Um, what's, what's, uh, what's going on? <clears throat> I have a question. Shoot. You made that uh, one magical contract with Cecily a fair while back. You remember? Yes. Yeah, I remember. And I... Cannot apologize enough for that. It's it's fine. That's not actually why I'm contacting you. Given that you used it, do you know any way to potentially undo one of those? Well, that's not an easy thing. I mean, you can have both people agree to undo it and sever the uh, line. Uh, of magic that would definitely undo it uh you can find uh you know it's 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 kind of like old stories of the fey the best workaround is to trigger it without actually triggering it uh that's the best workaround but it takes some pretty clever thinking to do that they're pretty airtight uh pretty hard to work around and if I think of anything, I can get back to you. But uh, that's why I used that tactic on you poor unsuspecting first dayers all that time. It's it's pretty foolproof. Mm -hmm. You think we might fight something about that stuff in the library here? I could imagine that. 
that's actually accessible for us without having to try to sneak into something where we shouldn't be? Oh, I doubt that information would be would be guarded. You might find information about that, informing them and how they work. As to breaking them, I doubt that that's very common knowledge. Seems pretty specific, high up stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I can keep thinking about it, and uh, doesn't hurt to look. It for sure doesn't. It would be great if you uh, messages back if you actually find something out or remember something. Sure, might be of use. Oh, I should mention that it's uh, it is a magic line like any other magic connection. So, uh, you know, if you find a way to nullify those or switch them around somehow, connect it to somewhere where it would be harmless, then that would definitely be a way to get rid of a. a a magical deal um you know like you kind of told me about the the amulet of intention Mm -hmm. that maybe it had something to do with with switching around magical connections or something based on what jasper's mom had said so uh yeah i don't know there's skeevius mccrevious's work that you can always check out Mm -hmm. all right um thank you very much by the way how is it going on your front well, I'm in the village, finally. I I bucked up the confidence to enter, so I'm sleeping in my old room, uh, which is kind of weird after having not been here for over 12 years. But, um, yeah, uh, everybody was happy to see me, and uh, it was a big return home. They assume now that my, my kind of... Uh, journey to find myself is over and that I'm here to take over the village and become the next leader, which is totally terrifying and I feel super overwhelmed and I don't know how to deal with this. Please come help. (laughs) We'll see how fast we are able to do something. Uh, In the moment, there's quite a lot of stuff going on here at Neudrachenberg. Oh yeah, totally. I understand. You're very busy. Uh, And I totally, I get that. I totally get that. You'll manage that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I sure will. I will. You know, these uh, first couple weeks are just going to be, you know, rubbing elbows with the right people, making sure that everything's stable here in the village. And uh, when it comes to fighting the humongous animal that shall not be named, we'll deal with that when the time comes. Because I do have a feeling if we want the giants to bring their army to fight this army of Crampines, we're going to have to deal with that first. Most likely. All right. All right. Once again, thank you. We'll hear each other again at some point. I'm sure about that. You got it, stud. MacGuffin Sunbomb. He's gone. <sighs> so, Eric, what was this all about? And I believe Jasper and Cecily creeped up on him. <laughs> you know, behind him during the call. Why did you call him? How much did you hear? Um, just that you were looking for kind of solutions about these. What? This is also an agreement. It's an agreement? <laughs> the magical contracts. <laughs> so you wanted to help me? That maybe we can solve this problem with Knecht? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. It's not even a lie. I mean, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I would not make them roll for that. That's true, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, you, you heard it. Uh, I thought, given that Izad already made such a contract at one time, he might have an idea. Mm-hmm. He will come back to us if he finds something or if he remembers something. 
Apart from that, maybe another trip into the library might be good. Uh, this time Widow won't even need to get into the one section that shall not be named. That's good, because guys, I just had an idea. You know, now that we know who this Skivius McCrevious is, maybe there's something that we can look up in the library, you know? You know, just like <clears throat> Nicolas Flamel, <clears throat> you know? Skivius <laughs> 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 McCrevious. Maybe. What is uh, on on the plan for today? Which which lessons do we have? It is Tuesday, and that means it would be magical creature. Usually, magical creature class. <gasps> okay, uh, I I can deal with Peggy Sheffin in the moment. <laughs> for our listeners, I like did say this a couple episodes ago that they were missing uh, Peggy Sheffin's class, but that was actually wrong. I apologize. They were missing Mildred Mulberry's class. Of course, Mildred's not on campus, so yeah, whoever the, the substitute teacher is for item creations class, you would have magical creatures class today with Peggy Sheffin. Whoop, whoop. Sounds good. I can need that. It's getting to about that time when classes would begin, and Eric, you can feel deep in your core that your uh, master skill is about to run out of time. Mm-hmm. So you left a message, unbeknownst to the others, for whoever might find it in the maze. If they understand that that you mean to tell Ross Ehrenmann about Mr. Fulivre, or if they think the message was meant for Mr. Fulivre, that is up to whoever should receive it. Uh, but you did your best in a hard circumstance. The first thing that you have to roll is, will anybody be in the middle of the hedge maze before 9 a.m.? So this is going to be a luck roll. Uh, let me do a quick roll here because I'm going to actually use your, we do have a luck stat, which I don't use that much, but for instances like this, I'm going to, very good. Okay. So roll me a luck roll. It's unbelievable how heavy a roll can feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will say, you will know if you are successful or not. You just won't know who heard it. Oh, wonderful. Uh, if it may be good or not, it's a 16. We're getting on towards 8.30 in the morning. You know that classes are going to begin around 9. So you know that you're running out of time. Mm -hmm. And just as you hang up with Yuzadva, you feel a little click inside of you. You know somebody heard the message. Don't know who, but somebody heard the words that you left in the middle of the maze. Mm-hmm. Now I am going to roll. I want to hide. Then you hear the announcement. Mr. Eric Miller, please come to the principal's office. <laughs> Mr. Eric Miller, please. I'm going to roll my D12. There are seven possibilities from the very best to the very worst of people who could hear this. Oh, great. That would be in the maze. It's not everybody, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't expect to for Knecht to appear in the maze. <laughs> <laughs> so that are some eyebrows raising. Okay. Your message was heard. By whoever. Good luck. Now I don't even feel stupid with my with my agreement with Knecht. <laughs> for now, you all have to do the finishing touches. You maybe grab your textbooks that you might need for the day. You get ready, you mentally prepare yourself for a day at Neujachenberg, and what might happen. And suddenly at the door, you hear a tap, tap, tap. But it's strange. The tap sounds thinner than a door knock should. 
and it's coming from low on the door, you're pretty sure. Sounds a little strange. Mm-hmm. Given it's always me who opens the damn door, I'm going to open the damn door. I'm not opening the door. Eric, you open the door and, you know, standing about a foot and a half off the ground <laughs> in height is Bumper, who was tapping on the door with his antlers. Oh. You know, Bumper looks up at you with rabbit eyes and nods the head. Follow me. But Michael? Yeah. Now that we've talked to Bumper back in those episodes and we know what his personality is like when we can actually understand him. Uh-huh. We do kind of sense the way he's doing the eye movement, right? I mean, he's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know, when you look in his eyes, what a cool bunny that I is. I hear his voice. <laughs> but of course, if you just glance at him, you can't pass over the fact that he is a rabbit. <laughs> oh, ah, uh, good morning, Bumper. Uh, we should come with you, yes? Nods the head once, yes. All right, guys? I'm on my way. Morning, Bumper. Yeah. How are you? Oh, Mr. Bumper, I'm still a fan. <laughs> Bumper takes you all in and nods at all of you once, <laughs> rears up on, on, his, on his back bunny legs and gives a, a little bit of applause. <laughs> <laughs> little soft bunny paws clapping in the air for you. And Sassley does it too, <laughs> to respond to it. <laughs> That's that's how they communicate. <laughs> Do they know? Bumper gives you like a an aw shucks kind of wave of the paw. Ah, stop it, you. Uh, and then turns around and starts hopping into the castle. And Tassley hops after him. <laughs> I will simply go after him. <laughs> Okay, you close the door, you lock all the locks behind you, you hear click, 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 ching, shh. It's all these extra security measures that you undid yourselves last night. Do we also have, please, we also have a sign that we can turn over saying uh, closed, right? <laughs> Good. <laughs> yes, yes, the, it says the shieldless are out. Um, <laughs> and you, you follow Bumper, who leads you towards where you hear quite a lot of noise, many voices, and you understand that a school assembly is happening in the Grand Hall. Mm. So Bumper leads you in. Students are everywhere. They're mostly seated already. Uh, they have to, you know, start getting ready and enter in before you all, because you are all are so close to the Grand Hall where you sleep. Now they have a little further to go, so most of them are already there. You see most of the teachers are already there as well. And uh, Bumper waves you off with a floppy ear and then bounces up to the front of the room where the teachers are sitting to join Peggy Sheffin. As you enter the room, you see that really there's only a few more students who are walking around. You're almost the last ones there. And you just hear a clap, clap, clap. And then a small applause starts. And then a huge applause starts that echoes through the room, stomping feet on the bleachers. Ging, 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 ging. And you look over. Horse shield is the closest. Wolf shield is the furthest away. But bear shield sits in the middle, and they're going wild. Like you are just folk heroes to bear shield. Boom, 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 boom. There is a glittering sign 
on the front row. You remember the last time you came in, there was like a little like paper sign that the bear shielders had hung for you. Now there is a glittering sign in the front row that's being cast with illusion magic that says shieldless. And it's next to Leela, Tylo, and Newton who who wave over <laughs> and are pointing with both fingers like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> right, right. Leslie yeah. looks at Eric and she's like, you better get that girl, Eric. She's doing good stuff for us. And she's waving back. <laughs> Jasper is taking bows to every side. <laughs> okay. You accept your mantle of royalty. Yeah. <laughs> as you walk in like the queen's guard. So this is where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to pass horse shield as you walk to these seats. Horse shield is leaning over and whispering. You see a few raised eyebrows. You see some smiles from Horse Shield. You see the group around Grant Groner, the uh, half giant, and his group that they talked about. The uh, they're called the Study Group. Yep. You see this kind of collection of humans. They they seem to be giving it some thought, some some nods of approval. Uh, but you also see in this crowd of Horse Shielders some frowns as you walk past them. Some looks of disapproval. Hmm. On the far side of the room, you do not miss the utter silence of Wolf Shield <laughs> as you take in expressions of everything from indifference to annoyance to dagger stares. Just just one one question in that regard. What about that one happy troop of Wolf Shielders? All right, Shielders! <laughs> <laughs> Standing up, they're in the very back row. They, there's like an empty seat around each of them. No one is sitting near them and they're full body. Aww. Yeah, Shieldless, like, Shieldless. Oh, there they are, Larry, Tom, and Grimini. <laughs> they're gonna get beat up tonight. <laughs> they're like, they're just like only making your lives worse. They're just making everyone else in Wolf Shield hate you even more. <laughs> As you reach your seat and sit down, you see that the glittering shieldless sign puffs into a green smoke that emits a fart sound as you sit. Some magic from the wolf yeah. shielder is coming to tamper with the nice thing that the that the bear shielders have done. From somewhere, a jelly donut is lobbed high into the air that was left over from breakfast and arcs onto where's my D4? Tylo hits him in the head. It could have been either of the three of you or him. (laughs) So this jelly tart just hunted Tylo's head and he's like, thanks for the snack, brother. And he eats it from the top of his head and just, just, oh, just no harm. Enjoys it. Ah, calm bunch. (laughs) So uh, you sit still for a moment. You hear whispers around you. Oh my gosh, they're sitting with us. I heard she gunned down Brock Carter and fought off 10 wolf shielders. When Tesla hears that, she's like nodding. (laughs) Isn't that Jasper? He jumped from a centaur into a stolen car and drove through a dimensional portal. (laughs) And then another guy. He used his violin to disrupt the shields of Neutrachenberg. And then another girl. Ernie is so cute. Do you think he's single? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you hear these sounds kind of uh, whispering around you, but... Can I can I roll investigation how Leela feels about that comment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> A 10. A 10? You <laughs> you don't uh, notice anything about Leela, but you do hear the same girl like two seconds later go, ow, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, you see Ross Ehrenman take the center podium 
and in his patient but strong way, silence begins to fall over the crowd as they look at him. This is a total surprise to everybody except for you and your friends at Bear Shield. The school is waiting with bated breath to find out what this surprise announcement is about. Thank you all for gathering. Teachers, students, faculty of Neudrachenberg. I won't stand here and waste your time. The school year is in shambles. Our castle, our home, is in bad shape. Since the first day of the school year, it seems our time here has been cursed. And that means I am failing you. Reactions from teachers and students, a few kind of sharp intakes of breath, murmurs. No one takes the defense of this castle more seriously than I do, but even I have my limits. And so I will remind you that no one takes the traditions of this school as seriously as I do. And there is one tradition that has long been ignored. A good leader knows when to ask for help. And that's exactly what I am doing by instilling the age-old tradition of the Crystal Bearers. More reactions, confused looks, Bear Shield glances over at you, Leela, then looks quickly forward, not gonna, not gonna show anything. Ross once more waits for silence. No, no, not the Crystal Bearers as you know them, but the ancient mantle, which was a warning to those who meant us harm, this castle harm, but we had great power among us, even among the newest of our members. The ritual can only be placed on those who have been on these grounds for less than a year. It must be one of you. But once attained, the station never leaves you. It is an honor, and one which will be reinstilled with incredible haste. Since we have no current crystal bearers, we must expedite the process. A tournament will be held as soon as possible. We shall begin tomorrow morning, with each trial being guided by one of our... He gestures to the sides where the professors of the school sit on either side of him, facing kind of into the room, guided by one of our esteemed professors each. It will take more than one day, and we will suss out who among you is especially gifted with magic and strength of heart, courage, and intelligence. Do not see this as a vacation from classes, but as a duty. A duty for the good of us all and perhaps the magical community as a whole. A duty to your families and most of all to yourselves to allow your great aptitude to shine. And at this moment, he looks at the three of you. Show me what you are made of. Where you should report tomorrow will be made known. Until then, prepare yourselves. Your test begins soon. This assembly is dismissed. There is a stunned silence as this centaur's hooves echo as he makes his way out of the hall. And as the rest of the teachers follow, the room suddenly erupts into chaos. And uh, Leela leans over to you and says, well, um, here we go. I guess the cat's out of the bag, huh? I would say so. Newton walks over to you three and uh, leans down, and he gestures you in. Now, I have been doing some uh, early experiments with some 
arcane magic that I've inlaid to some some items. And I do think I will be able to lend you uh, any extra prototypes that I have. But it might have to wait until the time is right, you know. But I think that everybody will be trying to use whatever advantages they have, so why not us? And since you all gave us time to prepare early, I've already got something in the works. So just wait. Uh, we'll make sure that it arrives to you in time. So thanks for the heads up. I'll make sure that it works out for both of us. Thanks, Newton. Thanks. Really appreciate it. think that's what friends do, isn't it? <laughs> I guess you're right about that. Yeah, and friends also give friends free jelly tarts. <laughs> like, someone in Wolf Shield loves me, guys. <laughs> Eric will just nod about that. Mm -hmm. I do like the that you always see the positive. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> Whisking up to you, you see the messy curls and dangling bobbles of Star New Song. She approaches your group. Newton, I hope you are prepared to take this seriously. And don't expect I'll give you any special help. This is no joking matter, young sir. There is nothing to experiment on here. All right, all right. We're going to play this one by the rules. And uh, you see for the first time this dynamic of Newton has told you she can be a little overbearing. Wouldn't dream of it. God forbid I tried to better my chances with my actual skill set. Come on, guys. Jeez. Um. No worries, Newton. I know exactly how you feel. My mom is the same way. She's very ambitious and she does not always believe in me, but she wants me to do good. I, I totally got you. I got your back, Newton. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I, I appreciate it, Sassly. Oh, come on, guys. Newton just throws his hands up at his mom, like backing away, like, okay, okay. Sassly turns around. She looks at her and she also puts her hands up. She's like, okay, okay. And she follows him. <laughs> Just a second now, Shieldless. Oh. And uh, Star New Song wheels around to take in the three of you. Oh, I guess we, we, we come later, guys. <laughs> you three, Shieldless, you have missed every single one of my classes since the beginning of the term. Oh, is that so? And there's always someone signing a permission slip to bail you out. Yes, that is so. I, I was missing you, actually, and I was wondering why, but that makes sense then. <laughs> well, I do not doubt it, and it's all fine. But there is just too much going on for you all to ignore basic deafness safety. So here's what we're going to do. You three take 30 minutes. You get yourself together. And then you report to my homeroom on the third floor. We'll have a little mini class, just you threes and me's. <laughs> and I am looking forward to getting to know the new stars of the campus. And she winks at the three of you. Jasper is raising his finger. <laughs> yes, sir. But Miss Newsong, we have, I think we have a class with Miss Sheffin, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a class with Miss Sheffin. <laughs> I do believe that all of the professors are taking the afternoon off to get ready for this tournament that we all must plan. But I am sure that I have enough time to educate you three on the basics of deafness safety. We've got shadow creatures. They're coming onto the campus. We got a lot of stuff going on. I'm afraid it's not up for debate, Mr. Casper. Okay. Well... Isn't that the nicest that she takes her time? That is really nice and polite. Miss Newsong. What is it, Jessie? Yes. She talked about the Shadow Realm, so it can be interesting for us. But are you also talking about the Shadow Realms <laughs> with us? 
Could you make us understand everything around? I am sure that you have many questions, so we can definitely address all of those uh, in our class. That's exactly what this time between us is for. Meet you on the third floor. Bye, Miss Newsong. Meet you on the third floor. All right. In 30 minutes, we'll be there. 30 minutes. Uh, you can roll investigation, the three of you. 17. <gasps> three. <laughs> 16 plus one. 17, I have. Two 17s. And a three. And a three. <laughs> yeah. Feeling good. <laughs> yeah. Eric, you're like, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got to be up there in 30 minutes. And you have enough on your mind already. The other two of you, you notice she does have a little sparkle in her eye as she winks at you. A little, little something going on there. Both of you catch her eyes dart very quickly towards the fleeing Newton and seem to shift through several emotions, which she hides very masterly on her face which would line up with what Mildred Mulberry has told you about Star New Song before. She comes across as quite friendly and a little, a little bit of an airhead, but she probably has more going on than you realize. But Star, Professor New Song rather, <laughs> hello, um, leaves the room as well, and there are students streaming out past you. Uh, what would you three like to do at this time? Leslie turns around to Jasper, and she looks at him, and she's like, well, if we have a class with Star Newsong, I hope she's not part of you-know-who. Because if I attack her because I have to in the class, I don't want your contract to be broken. Just saying. Thank you for the effort. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so guys, what should we do in the 30 minutes? 30 minutes aren't exactly a lot to do with. She just talked about, uh, about it with us. Um... What do we actually know what her class is all about? She is the deafness teacher. First of all, you know she's a full wizard. Mm -hmm. You know she's a full arcane sciences mage, which means she knows all the spells that Sassley knows, but she knows more of them and she knows them better. She has uh, maybe even all of her master skills. She is an expert on deafness and probably has at least a good amount of knowledge on the shadow realm, them being so connected, shadow magic, probably a good understanding of creatures from the shadow realm at least a pretty basic understanding of those things and yes any powers of arcane science mages in general you can expect that she would know that well guys i don't know about the time that we have but actually if it's possible if we have this 30 minutes can we maybe have just a very very quick look into the library hmm, maybe we could actually lend some books yeah sure thing seriously would that be okay that would be okay as long as I can grab some food on the way, just grabbing some something to just be more little, you know, powerful. Maybe you can ask the wolf shield guy, maybe something else to throw at you. No, thanks. <laughs> so the three of you absolutely can go to the library. And of course, you know right where that is. Since you do not have a huge chunk of time, 30 minutes, we'll, we'll say that you each can you can use Goethe to bring you to a particular section and you'll each get one research role, which is enough time to scan a book because, you know, you have like maybe 15 minutes to like scan a book and try to find some useful information and then you need to head to class. So that is what is possible in that time. Um, but you head there, you get to the front of the library and uh, Goethe greets you. Hello, friends. Welcome back. It's been so long since you've been here in the library. Can I bring you anywhere helpful to help you on your journey of knowledge. 
Most certainly. Yeah. And where, what section are you hoping to go to? You can, you would have talked about this on the way, so you can discuss that now. Also, ich würde ja, I would like to look up for Skivius Macrevius. You know, maybe there's a famous or well-known uh, wizards and witches uh, from the wizarding world. Cersei would look up Perchta. I would like to learn a bit more about magical connections. Okay. So you're all going to go to different sections and just get one research role on each thing. That's totally fine. Or you can go to the same section and get three research roles if you want to focus your, your knowledge. I mean, we, we could potentially go to the library more often, like in between and slowly pick each and everything up. I think it could be a good idea to search together because in that case, we make sure that we actually might find something useful. I, I would actually say, guys, we have 30 minutes. <laughs> Everyone go where you need to go. <laughs> and then we'll be back here. <laughs> okay, so uh, tell Guta each place that you three want to go and he'll, he'll bring you in the order that makes sense. I want to know something about famous wizards and witches. I would like to know what happened to Perchta. And I would like to have something about magical connections. All right. Um, let's see then. So we've got magical connections, famous witches and wizards, folklore. Let's take a look and see. And he guides you through the library. And the first person that he drops off is going to be Jasper. And then the next person that he drops off is going to be Sassily. And then the last person that he drops off is going to be Eric. And he says, if you need anything else, just call my name. I'm right around the corner. Goodbye. And he goes off to help the next person. Great. And so let's let's start in order. Jasper, you were the first dropped off. You get a research role to find a book and peruse it as quickly as possible, looking for information about Skeetus McGreevious pr pretty generally, but just trying to gather more information about him. Yeah, to, to, to phrase it in a sentence, I would like to know if there's anything to know about Skeetus McGreevious, and if so, maybe even about what people maybe think happened to him you know his his um how do you say verschwinden his um disappearance disappearance yeah okay looking into skivius mccrevius's disappearance great a 12 plus one if it's bookishness oh and then i have plus one on research so it's a 14 okay great 14 is better than 12 <laughs> for sure so you do find a book with a 14 definitely an encyclopedia of people that has biographies that are a little more it's not just little blurbs it's like little mini biographies basically and you you know flip through this book and you do find a little section on skivius mccrevius maybe this isn't the most in-depth book you could have found there might be better ones but there are certainly worse ones and you find a little blurb on the life and works of skivius mccrevius this book says that Skivius Macrevius was contracted by the city of Schimmerheim and was given a lot of money by the government to create his own lab with special conditions in the lab so that he could do research on behalf of the city. So he was researching stuff for the, for the city of Schimmerheim in the same vein of the shimmer crystals, which cover the city. They wanted to know more about how they could use gems and stones to bolster the defenses of the city. Scivius's work was, he was a really prolific researcher. He was really good at the theoretical side of magic. So 
he would be like, well, if this if if this kind of magic interacts with this sort of stone this way and with this sort of stone this way, we can probably create a certain effect by doing this with this kind of stone. And this is why his research got so much further than anyone else's. Unfortunately, the work that he did never amounted to anything realistic. It stayed very theoretical and the city kind of stopped funding him as much. But you see that he was able to continue his experimentations and somehow these experiments unknowns to the city it was later found out had continued how that funding happened or how he got the materials for that is unknown but uh, Scevius continued to do experiments then one day there was a surge of magic felt citywide from this laboratory and the city officials went to investigate but when they went there there was no one there. There was nothing to be found. Any trace of Scevius Macrevius was gone, and he never resurfaced or returned. The only bit of his work that was left is the item that he is most famous for creating, which they called the Amulet of Intention, because this amulet seemed to be able to sense the intentions of people and help them align with their with their proper tracks in life. Still, given the nature of his experiments, the item was thought to be potentially too hazardous to be left out in like the general populace of the magical world. So it was given to Neudrachenberg Academy for Magic for study and safekeeping. After that, the amulet was, uh, was studied there, was kept there for a long time, it was deemed safe. And the amulet was eventually used in the long tradition of the shield naming ceremony, which had always existed. But now they had this magical item to really sort people into their shields, whereas before it had been more of a I choose this sort of thing. I want to be I'm interested in this. Now it was kind of like an aptitude tester. Well, this person would be best in this shield. So that is the history of of that. Uh, that's what you find in this book. And he closes the book and says, right, and goes back. <laughs> Snap closed. And we go to the next person who was dropped off, which is Miss Sassily Mary Nature Spring in the folklore section. Now, you did ask about Perta before, the last time you were in the library, and you were brought a writing on Perta. Uh, so what are you researching for now that's different than what you looked for before? What happened to her? Like, what was the last thing seen? about her, where she was seen, and what happened to her, like the last... I will remind you of the writing that you read last time to help you formulate a, mm -hmm. a good question, because uh, the last writing that you read said that there wasn't much known about Perta other than it's this creature from folklore. This creature from, from folklore has many names quite famous and well-known, well actually, in even the human world. There are stories about Perta, for instance, uh, that she taught humans how to uh, weave, how to make clothes. So she, she was maybe a seamstress. Uh, there are rumors that she's somehow connected to the Christmas time. Um, but there's also rumors that she's connected to the wild hunt, which the magical community knows is connected to Halloween time. And what you had read before was that the wild hunt takes place in, in October around this Halloween time and that Perta is thought to be connected to the wild hunt, and perhaps she is even the leader of this hunt, this dangerous time of year when shadow creatures can more easily 
enter the material realm. So that's what you already know. So there's nothing I can read about her because that's all that's known there? I will definitely let you research and I'll tell you what would be in the library. So I don't want to take away your options. I just want you to research the, the thing that you're going to find the most helpful. Is there no book about when she had the connection with the humans? I just want to know what happened there. You know, I don't know how to phrase it. You don't know how long ago that was. And remember that humans in these visions you have were like Mesopotamian. Like that civilization of humanity does not exist anymore. This was probably long before Jesus's time. There was a, there was a time you got information out of a little lullaby or was it uh, like a gedicht yeah. you know mm -hmm. so maybe there's there's a book about ancient you know gedichte lyrical texts uh. elves were once winged and sisters were once fair the night that caused the sorrowful loss is called pechtas tear you know maybe there's a book about you know this folklore and more of these texts that you can maybe get some information from. like to know something about that night what happened so would you like to research pechtas tear or pechtas tear Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Sure. Sorry, I just I'm just don't know how to phrase. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like reminding you of all the information that you got like 30 episodes ago mm -hmm. and, <laughs> you know, refreshing that in your mind. For us, that was like two years ago, you know, but in game for Sassley, it was like two weeks ago. So mm -hmm. you would remember. Just please don't roll the one now. Oh, the 12 is good. <laughs> you're the 12. Okay. So you're researching Pacta's tear or tear. This is a hard subject to get lots of information on because this is like, this is beyond folklore. You found this poem in a restricted book. It was an older copy of the book that you grew up with, um, Elfenreich in Ancient Times, the Kingdom of Elves in Ancient Times. But this had some extra information in it. And this was from that book in the restricted area. But you go into folklore And you do find you, you're in the folklore section and you're kind of looking for you said Pactus tear. So I'm going to say like maybe magical tears, something about this. You, you do find a book. It's an illustrated book just with like basic, you know, magical fairy tales. And there is a story in there about somebody who opens some kind of dark portal that left a scar on the earth's in, in the air of of the material realm and this is kind of a creation myth you could say uh and it talks about how everything that went through this scar this tear this hole in the material realm was changed and uh transformed as it went through uh now in the fairy tale that you are reading This tear was created by a, a fumbling wizard who had accidentally used too much shadow magic. That wizard accidentally in his workshop created this, this tear, and he ends up having to go to a group of centaurs to fix it. And the centaurs help him undo everything that he did, and he learns to, to respect them and their knowledge and to be more careful with deafness in the future with shadow magic. So the point of the story you are reading is, you know, a children's fairy tale to be careful, but you do kind of read this and it kind of resonates with you. And Sassley like looks up, closes the book and writes it down. Let's go to Eric. 
Hooray! Eric, sorry, remind me exactly what words you said? Magical connections. Okay, so Eric, you are brought to the largest section of these sections, a book on magic theory, a huge topic. Magical connections is a, a broad topic. There's a lot to learn about there and a lot to find. So tell me what you're looking for with this research role. Okay, given what Izetva just told me, that potentially uh, such a binding contract, magical contract, could be tricked with sewering the magic connection that started to come into existence because of the deal you made. Mm -hmm. And in regard to him actually having this link that leads into nothingness, mm -hmm. he would like to see if there's any information about how that could happen or how you could enforce something like that. Okay, so roll me a research roll. Will do. That's 15 minus 1, that's 14. Okay, 14. So kind of in the same ballpark of the research roles of, of the others. You're not getting anything like super specific here, but you are able to find a book uh, and material on what you want to find. So you find a book on that catches your eye that's about the wizard's deal this is written in old font the wizard's deal Ooh. magical bargaining it is a recounting of a wizard who made a magical deal who was who was tricked into a magical deal that they could not get out of this deal would turn them into solid gold if they ever told a lie they accepted it when they were very young and they had to live a completely truthful life and this was very dangerous. So they had gone deep, deep, deep into research to try to figure out how to undo this. Due to the nature of the deal they made, it was incredibly difficult to get around their deal because they could not lie. <laughs> there was no way to subvert it or say it differently. But they did look into magical connections as well and any way of shifting this magical connection to another location the way that the magical deal is made is by two magicians with intent to make the deal willing magic towards the other and forming a unique and new magical bond you know that this would appear to you if you were playing your violin and accessing its amber magic that you would see this as a a line connecting you to lois fulivre or jasper to Knecht Ruprecht. Mm -hmm. The deal that Jasper made with Knecht Ruprecht probably looks way more complex. It involves all of you and all of his followers and probably spreads out into tons of little lines, but you would have this rather large noticeable line between y'all. So it talks about the theory, the, the, the theoretical ability to do this and seems to confirm that it would be possible to switch the location of a magical deal, but that it might change the nature of the deal if it was done. And this wizard was also not sure of how to do it. This wizard did not have access to Skevius McCrevious's records, so was theoretically just coming up with ideas to try to get out of their problem, to get out of their predicament. Mm -hmm. Um, they also wrote their book because they were certain that at some point in their life they would mess up and fail and would be turned to solid gold. There's an addendum at the back that says that that's exactly what happened. Um, a friend of theirs wrote it. That person failed and was changed to pure gold. 
the effect was not permanent. They were able to undo it afterwards, but it was hard work, and that person lost years of their life. So that's what you find. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're all looking at the clock, and you see, oh my, time has passed, and you need to get up to the third floor and get to Star New Song's classroom. Up, up, away! I believe, well, this is what Jasper does um, on the way to a new song. I talk about what I found out. I think that's fair to say. All of you can discuss with each other what you found in your books if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much, Eric, for trying to help me for this, you know, with a deal. More than welcome. You're a friend. Hey, before we go to class, I actually thought, you know, Eric, you can play your violin and you can see the connection between Jasper and Knecht. And I wonder, isn't there this one crystal that dampens the connection? Or is there another possibility to break the connection? Do you remember that, guys? Uh, you mean the sapphire? I think that's it. That was used to, to, to dampen his mother's memory, yeah. But I got the splinters of that. Yeah, but if we find something like that, we can probably break the connection. It's an idea. Maybe it would lessen certain effects if we somehow manage to connect it to that, but that sounds difficult. Yeah. But it's an idea. Just wanted to bring it up before we go to class, because I might forget it later. Oh, I write it down. Yeah, we should think and see about that. Maybe, maybe our friendly dealer upstairs has something that we might... Need. Matthias Hinterhauser. Yeah. I mean, Luis Folivo, when he does those class, he creates those big illusions. So I wonder if he has an idea how to make it stronger or less or something like that. Yes. And you know, uh, I have something. Uh, Mr. Folivo owes me one because I got, uh, gave him my tin opener. Oh, yeah, that's right. So maybe he can help with that. Yeah, we can ask him. So you have this conversation on the way to Star News Song's classroom, and that classroom is upstairs, right near where Mildred's item creation classroom would be. It's pretty close by. As you walk into the room, Star News Song is inside, and you, you take in what the room looks like. The ceiling seems to disappear into darkness, where a swirling mass of stars can be seen. This is probably an illusion, but it's an effective one. It's kind of cool. It's maybe kind of creepy. You see that the classroom is orderly and well put together. There's diagrams on the wall and rules for behavior in the classroom visible like you would normally have in a high school. There are some objects of interest. You notice on the back wall, an anatomy diagram of a druid hanging there. Uh, on the far side of the room, you see a silvery metal that seems to absorb light. That looks kind of familiar. There is a class pet in a large terrarium at the front of the room behind Professor Newsong. It looks like a kind of caterpillar-looking creature. But when you get a little closer, you can check that out. You see that it actually could be kind of described as a six-legged Komodo dragon with the head of a cat and it occasionally makes the little miniature meowing noise. It has this like thick green-gray skin with kind of a layer of fuzz around the body, and the fur becomes tiger-striped as it gets closer to the head. Now, you can, you can roll world lore if you want to know what that is. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> 
14. 16. Sassley, you can add plus three to your roll, Sassley, because you, you would have previous knowledge. 21. Wow. Ooh. 21. Okay. Giving you a little bonus there, Sassley, because uh, you you come from an agricultural area where your community has to grow its own food and you would need to know like the basics of gardening and what to look out for and this creature would be a creature to look out for it is the enemy of magical vegetation which it can just eat and destroy large quantities of because it usually uh floats through the air in big hordes <laughs> that just move through areas and eat vegetation uh it's called a tatsalvum Aww. They are the smallest and weakest of the draconic creatures. They're, they can get as big as 10 centimeters long, which is kind of long, but not that long. And they are dual-natured creatures. A little bit of Shadow Realm, a little bit of Material Realm in there. The Tatsuvum, they're pretty fast and agile. And as I said, they can kind of float on the wind and move like how spiders do on their silk sometimes to find new locations. Um, but they do that in large groups. But a single Tatsuvorm is basically harmless. They are poisonous. Uh, they have a small amount of venom, which they conject into their victims with their teeth when they bite you. So that's the class pet is a Tatsuvorm. <laughs> so basically they're as harmless as druids. Even more harmless. <laughs> Even more harmless. Okay. Yeah. You see on the far side of the room, but like closer up to the teacher's desk area there is a small selection of books laid flat with their covers facing forward on some shelving this is like it looks like the new and recommended section in a bookstore where they always have the book covers facing out uh, and that's what you notice when you walk in are those things and i roll investigation on anything that i get a feeling of there's anything suspicious sure a two <laughs> you're fine <laughs> you're good like Cecily standing in front of a huge portrait of Knecht. <laughs> that looks familiar. <laughs> Must be family. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. <laughs> so she says, come in, come in, take a seat. Hey, why not the front row? Since this is just a cozy little cute situation, y'all come right on up here. Uh, now, uh, we've got the Shadow Realm out there trying to make a little nest out of our dear castle. And I'm afraid I can't let you baby birds fly around until... We've gone over some basic safety and tested your deafness aptitude. <laughs> Get a little laugh. <laughs> All right, now, uh, deafness-based magic. Uh, deafness-based magic comes from the Shadow Realm, but I guess you already knew that. Uh, it's not evil, but channeling the energies of the Shadow Realm through your wand and, and, and through yourself can be dangerous anyway. Uh, but it's also the most flexible and diverse source of magic. So it has a lot of uses, and I have a little game for us to kind of test out your stuff. But maybe first, uh, you all have some questions for me. And I'm an open book, y'all! <laughs> you can also notice at this moment, as she says, I'm an open book, you look over to the bookshelf. And now that you're a little closer, you see that three of these books have Star New Song's name on them. And one of them even has her picture on it, with her face smiling out. <sighs> The dangles and bobbles hanging from her hair are magically bobbing up and down on the cover of the book. Yes, it is indeed me, Star's new song. It's me, all Star new song. <laughs> the books are called uh, Deftness Becomes Her, which is the one that uh, Sassley owns as well. Sassley, this book explains kind of deftness, sort of, but it's a lot of her rambling, but it does go through some basic 
deftness spells and how to safely do them. And this is the book where you taught yourself Hebenschwebe. And it's also where you found out about Neudrachenberg existing and how, like, where you found out to apply there. Um, the next book is called Beyond the Shadow with Some Doubt. And the third book is called The Realm of Self. My Life, From the Pixie Protests to the Hen Grey Hijackers. And this is the one with her picture on it. But she has offered at this point for you three to ask any questions you might have. Jasper raises his hand. <laughs> yes, Mr. Casper. Mm, I've heard rumors that once the Shadow Realm and the Material Realm were connected as once. Is that true? Was it divided, you know, by someone manually or was it always divided? Oh, many people do theorize that that is true. Uh, yes, but anybody in living memory and far beyond that would only know the, the universe as it is today. So I think everything works quite well the way it does. And uh, yeah, that, that's how it is. Interesting question, though. Sassy raises her hand. Yes. Um, yes, Miss, Miss Nature Spring. Do you know anything about the Red Mage? <laughs> Red Mage. I do. I have heard. Um, well, that is just tickling the back of my brain, little lady. Uh, it's not. It, I don't know. That's out from there. Maybe we can bring it out from that tickle. You know. <laughs> Let me roll for her. I'm gonna roll world lore for her, so she doesn't know. Um, she could know. Uh, that's why I'm rolling. But uh, she just looks at you and she, she it's tickling in the back of my brain. But <laughs> I don't. I am not remembering those exact things. Uh, I. Uh, to be more clear, these questions should be maybe about uh, deafness or, or the shadow realm or shadow creatures or uh, be arcane science mage uh, like, your, like yourself, Miss Nature Spring. All right. All right. Let's, let's try to just bring it back to us and to arcane sciences mage. Just, I do have these wings and I really would like them to fly. And I look at you with so much hope because I do think you are the right person to ask how I can make that happen because I feel like you're the smartest. Well, let me ask you this. Do you want to fly with your wings or do you just want to fly no matter how you can? Lady, listen, I tried your heap and trip and that does not really work. So I really would like to use my wings to fly, please. Oh, really? You tried heap and trip like this? She uses a familiar magic that you recognize as Havenschweb and levitates three feet off the ground easily. She's floating in the middle of the room. Havenschweb is a catastrophe. It's like, how do you do that? <laughs> it is so much higher than I could ever do it. It just takes practice, Miss Nature Spring. And she steps onto the onto her desk, which she's now standing on top of. But could you make my wings fly too? Well, I think you are the smartest. You are also very pretty. I do appreciate that. <laughs> you know, if I was you, I would look into enchanting an object using your arcane science to replicate the effects of Habenschwebe. Uh, but then, <laughs> Habenschwebe, she's so southern. Habenschwebe. <laughs> and I would see if I could somehow combine that with some other kind of, uh, you know, there is a branch of magic that is not shadow magic called movement magic. That comes from potency. So if you could combine these two into some sort of arcane science item, perhaps uh, that could achieve the effect you want. But I have to tell you, it would be extremely hard to make and quite a rare item if you didn't, if you didn't indeed make one. Flying objects do exist, but an object 
that gives you the power to fly, that requires some kind of transference. And that that's more complicated, but it's an interesting question. That is more complicated. Thank you, Miss Newsong. I wrote everything down. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to help. Eric, do you have a, a question before we get started? Shadowrun creatures are deeply connected with deafness, if I got that right? Well, deafness is, as energies from the Shadow Realm are channeled into our magical selves, our souls, whatever you want to call it, the magic that suffuses our bodies as wizards and is then funneled out through our wands, we call that process deafness, basically. So basically, deafness are these energies that have been turned into magic. That's what deafness is. Mm -hmm. Magical creatures, part of the fabric of their identities is made up from this very energy. So to say that deafness is related to magical creatures that are from the Shadow Realm is not incorrect, but it is also a simplification. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay. Follow-up? Yeah, all right. No, 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 no follow-up. You sure? You sure? Because I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I, I think I'll need to, to think about other questions, but if I have a follow-up, I'll immediately tell you. Alrighty. <laughs> yes, Miss Nature Spring, I see that hand up in the air. Uh, yes, I do. What kind of stuff would I need to create that flying item? <laughs> I'm still writing. <laughs> I think that you need to, we need, we don't have that much time today. So I think that we need a private session for that. You know, actually my son Newton, he loves to create items like this. What you doing on Friday? On Friday? We, you know, there's a tournament happening, yeah, right. to, de to decide who the crystal bear would be. I Maybe think that afterwards. you should be focusing on that at this moment. You can do it in between. <laughs> I can also write Newton. Thank you. Right. All, all right. Newton. <laughs> okay. So is that is that it for for you three at this moment? Yes, that's it. I will come back to you. That is a promise. All right then. Let's begin our class. She takes out her wand. Anti-dimension logger. <laughs> And out of her wand pops out this eight-sided cylinder. It seems to come from out of the tip of her wand, but it would be too big to fit in there. So some kind of thing going on here. Tesla looks to the guy. She's like, that's my spell. I have that too. Anti-dimension log. I have that too. You don't have it yet. <laughs> and in my skill set. <laughs> eight-sided cylinder pops out of the tip of her wand. It's about as big as a forearm. It's pretty, pretty large. And it lands in her hand. She rolls the cylinder uh, in her hands, and you see that there are letters in rows on all sides of the cylinder. She says, now this is uh, called a cipher cylinder, commonly used in the non-magical world to give secret messages to folks and whatnot, but I won't be forcing you to decrypt anything today. That's more Professor Fulivra's realm and style. We'll use magic to solve it, of course. Now, uh, the, the cylinder opens at a vocal key. Now, you may not know what that is, but uh, you can use a specific kind of term spoken to unlock or use certain magic items. So we call that a key, a vocal key. Uh, you need a key to open certain things like <laughs> items. You get it, guys. We learned something about that. <laughs> now, to figure out what it is you need to say, you need to get correct letters to display on this thing. 
So now the phrase is long, but it's only made out of 10 letters total. So you'll use this spell, and she flicks her wand and then flicks it in a turning motion and says, Ritzel, Ritzel, oh, and then you see that like this line of O's appears on the cylinder. And now, of course, that was just a test. That has nothing to do with y'all's actual test. But you see here, all the O's that would be in the phrase have appeared. The phrase that I chose to currently enchant this with is ooh. So it was all O's. Now, when you use this spell, you'll announce the letter that you want to search for. And the spell basically turns basic encryption like this into Wheel of Fortune. That's fun, huh? Isn't that fun? Yeah, that fun. Yeah. That fun. All right. Yeah, I think so. And what if I go on bankrupt? <laughs> oh, I'm sure you won't. But I do want to add a little bit of difficulty, and I do want to test your, your deftness prowess. So I'll be just manipulating a little anti-dimensional storm from above y'all to add to the difficulty level and just see kind of where you're at. She pushes off of the desk and hovers to the middle of the room, and uh, you see her hold her wand above her head. <laughs> And this bubble appears at the tip of her wand, and it's rapidly changing colors and expelling light and strange vibrating sounds. And as she holds it, it begins to build power, and occasionally beams start to flick out of it. Beams of heat, beams of smoke, sound, vibrating magic. Unrecognizable substances shoot out of this bubble, and they're striking around the room. So uh, just don't let this little shadow magic storm overcome you before you finish your cylinder. And uh, if you manage to open it, there's a prize inside for you. Okay? All right. Hold on. And go. And as she says go, you see that a beam of lightning lashes out of the bubble, strikes into a chair, which ends up smoking against a wall. I I'll fix that. Uh, go. Michael Moore is our magician master. Nadine Kuhn is Sassly Mary Nature Spring. Lucas Fisher is Jasper Casper. Sebastian Kinder is Eric Miller. Our theme song is by Aaron Richards, with additional music by Ethan Anderson. Our cover art is by Pascal Genet. Well, folks, we're back in school, and I hope we're not too cool for a little bit of fun with star new song. I will workshop that, I'll bring that back next week, but I hope that everybody is enjoying our return to Neujachenberg. In the meantime, you know, hit us up with those questions. Let us know what you wanna hear in our intro section when I fire away these questions at our characters. Is there some burning, yearning, question inside you that you just got to let out well let us know and the best place to do that is on instagram at jk.weird.rolling or you can message us on facebook just 
look up the title of the show. It's JK We Rolling. If you're a patron, you can write us on Patreon, and I do promise we will feature your questions if you are uh, a patron, and they will be right there at the top of the show. And we appreciate your patronage so much if you are supporting the show. Thank you so much. Don't forget to give our show a, a rating or a review if you haven't yet. We appreciate every feedback that we get. And I tell you what, reviews and patrons do get shout outs on the show. So come on by, let us know. Uh, we love to hear from you, but the best thing that you can do is just keep listening and hanging out with us. We appreciate it so much. Uh, whether you say hi or not, or whether you're a little bit shy and you want to you just you know, chill back, that's also fine. Hey, we're just glad that you're here. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We can't wait to hang out with you next time in two weeks' time. Until then, folks, just remember to keep your head, brain sharp, and your wand at the ready. I just wanted to look up what Triskaidekaphobia was. <laughs> I didn't even fully understood it, but w wasn't wasn't that the fear of the number thirteen? Wow. Yeah, that's what it that's literally what it means. I thought it was I thought it was the fear of tiny holes. Wie nennt man eigentlich einen Dachdecker auf Englisch? Huh? A Dachdecker, someone who works on your roof. Right. And I'm also afraid of them sometimes. No, but do you know the yeah. name in English? Are they like rooftop workers? If I don't, I can just edit this out. That's what's great. <laughs> <laughs> this question never existed. But I will drop it, talk through the through the whole podcast and always mention I'm so curious about that so that you can cut it out. I do I do believe we call them roofers or like I would probably call it like a roof repairman, but I think we basically yeah, call them roofers. It sounds about right. Rufus. Rufus the roofer. Aww. Aww.